frog sitting on the muddy bank of the river I'm sitting on the trunk of a cottonwood tree Bullfrog got no worries here today And I've got no girl cause mine has gone away So Mr. Bullfrog won't you sing a song for me A repartee with a pretty melody Croak me out a tune I don't care which one you choose Mr. Bullfrog feeling green I'm feeling blue Bullfrogs in the cattails catching flies I'm laying with my hands behind my head Cool mud on Bullfrog's belly feels real good that woman makes me feel misunderstood So Mr. Bullfrog, won't you sing a song for me? A repartee with a pretty melody Croak me out a tune I don't care which one you choose Mr. Bullfrog, feeling green I'm feeling blue Watching the evening sun go down And I'm watching shadows grow along the trail Mr. Bullfrog, before we go I want to thank you for your time Your singing's helped to ease my troubled mind So Mr. Bullfrog, won't you sing a song for me? A repartee with a pretty melody Croak me out a tune I don't care which one you choose Mr. Bullfrog feeling green I'm feeling blue Croak me out a tune Like faded love or born to lose Mr. Bullfrog feeling green I'm feeling blue Mr. Bullfrog feeling green, I'm feeling blue. Thank you. Welcome, everybody, to the Music Room Podcast, a home for artists and storytellers and weirdos. And if that's you, you're in the right place. And I am uber excited to have Middle Sister with us today. Middle Sister is Miss Susan Pierce and Miss Robin Brooks. And thank you all for being here. I want you to do a song for us, and then I want our people to get to know you. Right. So, that's good. How's that sound? It does sound good, indeed. <clears throat> well, that's... Yes, this yes. is a song about listening and getting to know people and being there. It's How appropriate. Listen. Just to be
write that one the uh the the germ of that idea was um a conversation with a friend of mine who professes that the purest form of intimacy is conversation and communication and i kind of add to that just being there Mm -hmm. um just being in someone's presence and um it makes me think of when my youngest was a little bitty guy and uh, we had a gathering, and we were partying, and he turned to my mom, and he said, can I just stay with you, Graham? Aww. I know. And um, it's not that they had any great plans or had any special things to do. He just wanted to be around her. So, so yeah, that's, that's really kind of what that's about. Well, beautiful. So mm-hmm. we have Susan and Robin, known as Middle Sister. Tell us how Middle Sister came to be. How it came to be. Well, okay, I, I was doing this great program called Noon Tunes at the library, um, downtown Oklahoma City Library, for 10 years. And it was the greatest gig. I got to meet um, with all our fantastic, amazing variety of local musicians. And, of course, came into my radar um, Robin's mom, Jody Miller, and Robin Brooks Sullivan, and they came and performed there. Then Robin let me know that her son, Montana, is quite a gifted musician. And um, so I booked him for that program as well. And that's when she and I got to talking. Yeah. She, she, she said, do you write songs? And I say, in the car. <laughs> uh, 
because I, you know, it's a hobby. I really kind of considered it a hobby because my life kind of went on after uh, I started writing in uh, Nashville uh, out of college. But uh, anyway, I said, yeah, you know, I'd love to do that. And so we got together really more as just two friends getting together to write songs. And uh, like the second time we got together, she said, Can she, would you want to do a gig? And I was like, yeah, sure. And then it just it happened that we started getting jobs together. And uh, it just so naturally flowed into two people wanting to make music together and uh, wanting to write and I'm just I'm just having a great time with it. So yeah. But we haven't gotten around to writing together yet. We're still we're still gonna get back yeah, to that. Yeah, it's too we're too busy trying to work out our sets and but stuff. We're but arranging. we will do that. But uh, you know the th- thing I was telling her recently is it's been about a year since we've been together, and in that year I know her writing style, mm-hmm. and she mm-hmm. knows my writing style. So I think really this is the perfect time to start writing now. But I remember when Uh-oh, I first on. first uh-huh. first heard you know she said I've got some songs. And I, and I thought, oh, yeah, you know, because we've all heard that before. I write, oh, yeah, cool, you know, and somebody just shows you their song, and you're like, oh, that's pretty good, you know. But anyway, she, she, I think the first song you showed me was Sailboat, and I went, Susan, you are a songwriter, you know. And she was like, do you think so? And I was like, uh, yeah, you know. So anyway, she, uh, I can't wait to start writing with her. But in the meantime, we're having a lot of fun doing gigs and that kind of thing. I can't wait to hear what comes out of it. I think that's great. So a little bit about each each of you. I've known Susan for a long, long time and has always been one of my favoriteest people. And I, ha- I was just thinking about this week of something that stuck out to me. One time I called you, it's been a long time ago. I think it was like when we still had answering machines. That's how long ago it was. <laughs> and and your, your message said, you used the word forewarned. You said, uh, be forewarned. I don't always check my... <laughs> messages and I it just had this I just thought that was so funny because I'd never been forewarned so on a, Susan, so on a voicemail greet you know answering machine greeting oh, I had no idea. so that's always stuck with me before warned I just thought that was great but very talented and and just um you your musical journey with noon tunes you're into a lot of stuff like yeah. art moves and noon tunes and and kind of tell us a little bit about you like what you musically what you've done and do well um I was always captivated by beautiful singing and beautiful melodies. Helen Reddy and Linda Ronstadt and Olivia Newton-John in the olden days. Yes, um, so that always caught my attention and I was always sure I wanted to be a singer. Great, right, mom and dad, I'm gonna be a singer. Um, they were kind enough to send me to OCU to study music mm-hmm. where um, I was fortunate enough to get to do opera and musical theater and that was great and we did show, show choir together, uh, Robin and I. Um, but I found that I sort of, I found that, you know, just all of a sudden it turned a different color and I'm like, this is not my world. So I was a little, little lost as what to do musically. Um, I did some gigs for money and I quickly realized, Ooh, Ooh, this is not for, you know, that, that can't be the goal. Money's great. Don't get me wrong. But, um, then I met this incredible jazz musician, Larry Pierce, um, who I married and branched out into sort of into his world. We sort of, um, you know, got to flush out more musical uh, styles that way. Um, And so I've done that sort of more genre for a while. Um, Reared three magnificent children and started writing songs about last year. I love that. It's like a new chapter for you, and and it's great to see that. 
Exactly. Robin and I talk about um, sort of these middle years. <laughs> um, needing to have, or we're so grateful to have a passion and an enthusiasm and a goal that excites us right now. Yeah. Um, you know, whatever it is, this is yeah. one of ours. I'm hip. Yeah. That's awesome. Miss <laughs> Robin, tell us, you were telling me a little bit about Nashville, but tell us about your, a little bit of your, your musical story, how you came to be here. And All right. Well, just... I, I really should start by saying a little bit about Susan and I. We met at OCU. Okay. We were both freshmen at OCU, and we did show choirs together, and um, both are alum from OCU. But um, I, you know, I grew up. My mother was a singer, and I grew up around it. Um, you know, kind of doing my own little thing in, in high school, and uh, and then of course going to OCU. And like Susan said, I was in music theater, got a degree in music theater, did a little bit of opera, not as much as Susan, but. Uh, once I got out, uh, yes, I went to Nashville. I went to L.A. Uh, where else did I go? <laughs> searching, you know, searching for my career, basically. And uh, and it's tough. You know, you have those good years in college, and then all of a sudden they're like, go be famous, you know, <laughs> especially if you've had a mother who's had a really good career. You know, yeah. she had a really nice career. So it was it was tough. Tell uh, us about your mom. Yeah, my mom's Jody Miller, and she— um, she is from uh, Oklahoma, moved out there as a folk singer to L.A. and got a, a record deal at Capitol Records. It's an incredible story. She got a record deal within a year with Capitol Records, uh, played the Troubadour. They, the A&R people saw her. She got signed. And within a year or two after that, she won a Grammy. So she was one of those that at an early age, 21, started a career. But she, you know, her, her, she, her career has lasted more than 50 years. And... Um, during that time, she worked in Vegas, worked with Roy Clark, did a hee-haw, did a lot of those fun things. So I grew up with that. It was a, kind of difficult for me because it has, I had so much pressure on me, and uh, I liked different styles of music. wasn't too into country at that time. <laughs> but anyway, she was very encouraging. And actually, um, before I started working with Susan, my son Montana, who she was talking about, and my mom, we had what was called Three Generations, and we started doing some shows together and stuff. So uh, it was nice to, to you know, grow up with somebody that knew so much about music and singing. Uh, I idolized her, great singer, uh, but also to go and do my own thing and then come back around and work with her again. But um, I, I, So once I got out of college and I went to Nashville, kind of worked there, um, I came back and I, I worked in television I worked at Remington Park as a reporter there, and uh, and did commercials. So I a lot of I, I even though I worked with Maya of the band called Maya, and the band called Primetime with Steve, Steve Crosley and the King, the King uh, Jerry yeah. Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was also doing a lot of commercials and that kind of thing. So I, I kind of had been one of those jack of all trade type folks, you know. Uh, but really, music has always been, that, that's been where my heart is. And I always wanted to write and that kind of thing. So what's nice now um, <clears throat> is to join up with Susan and really be able to do really what I want to do, which is sing my own songs. And that's kind of what she wants to do, too. And, yeah. and not that I haven't had fun. I've had a fun career. But at this stage, uh, what we're doing now, it really is enjoyable, and I, I really like it. I'm hip. Well, how about you do us another song? And you guys do some songs Susan's written, some songs Robin's yeah. written, and one yeah, of these days, some songs you've both collaborated on. Yeah. There you go. This, this one is one I wrote <clears throat> a while back. 
It's called Beautiful Stranger. Just like a shooting star Flash of light in the dark I never expected to find a love Like yours Who are you? Beautiful stranger You're a mystery And you got me a funny way changing the plans we made one night and my life will never be the same who are you beautiful stranger you're a mystery and you I love that. That's great. I love your voice, too. Thanks. Yeah, that sounds great. And, of course, I've been a Susan fan for decades now. Oh, likewise. Thank you. Let's talk about songwriting for a minute. So, um, specifically, you were talking a little bit about moving to Nashville, writing with other people, and the fact that 
the cool part about that is that when you collaborate with someone, you come up with something that's better than either one of us could have come up on our own. And, and so when you write these days, how does that happen? I mean, a lot of people, that's always the question. Is it the words first? Is it the music first? Mm-hmm. What's your take on that? Hmm. Well, in my extensive songwriting career, <laughs> I found that um, I've gotten ideas walking, um, maybe driving the car, and then what did we ever do without the telephone or the iPhone? The voice memo, Record right? it yeah. and then get back to it and expand on it. No, I like the way that direction is going. And yeah, that's how I do it. Um, mm-hmm. So it's usually, it's usually, I think it's always a lyric with me. And it often comes with music, for better or for worse, with a melody. Maybe not a great melody, but yeah, that's kind of how I start. Uh, Mine has evolved in different ways, you know. Um, You know, for for me first, the songwriters that I knew said, you got to have a hook, you know. So it was one of those things where... You know, somebody would go, she walked outside backwards yesterday. Oh, that's a song, you know, oh. so, which it isn't. <laughs> but, you know, you're always trying to find the, the funny hook, the hook, the hook. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of how I started writing is I would just try to find a hook and then uh, ride around the hook. <clears throat> uh, then, then it kind of evolved into what am I feeling? How do I express how I'm feeling? Uh, but, you know, I, I'm, I'm lucky that I... Uh, am uh, married into a family of musicians too, and my sister-in-law Heather Sullivan, uh, she's a really good songwriter. And um, and you know I saw her about what four or five months ago, and I just was kind of picking her brain. You know, I told her I said, you know, I, I'm a little tired of writing all these slow songs. I want something upbeat. How do you write an upbeat song? And she said, well, just kind of get a rhythm going, whether it's you know here or with a piano or with whatever, get the rhythm going. And so really lately, I have been kind of writing, uh, kind of getting the music going, and then what What am I feeling with this? Yeah. Or what, it just comes out of me, you know? Because, you know, that's the way she writes. She'll just mumble, you know, for three hours and then come up with stuff. She's that talented. But so anyway, it's just kind of evolved. I don't, I don't think really a songwriter, and you might agree, Susan, should uh, have one technique or one way of writing they should just be open to to whatever their heart feels and that you know because that's that's when the songs are good is when you really really can tell that that person feels that you know and and it and like with your song i loved your song you know Thanks. because because it it really it you could feel the heartbreak but it was clever and it entertained me it made me i, I, was, I caught myself smiling the whole time you know <laughs> So, and that's with Susan's songs, too. Like you were talking about her saying, be forewarned, you know. That there's, there's certain things that she says that I just think, oh, that's such a Susan thing. I love it. Yeah. But her songwriting is that way, too, mm-hmm. in that musically it's good, it's deep, but she'll throw in uh, something, and it's just like, wow, that is so clever. So, anyway. A place to start, that's such a great um, thought, with the rhythm. And yeah. and like you, you said, with your own feelings, like that's another place to start, like trying to sort out your own, you know, one's own emotions and experiences and kind of make sense of them. So yeah, those are good places to start. So when you write songs, do you tend to finish it rather quickly or does it haunt you for decades like some of mine do? Hmm. 
Do they morph as you go along? Do you evolve yes. them and rearrange in a little bit? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Or it starts off as, you know, I have this musical idea, and then years later I, I'm starting to write a song, and I realize, oh, that fits this. Oh, yeah. Nice. But That's I have ideas that have just been percolating for decades. And I'm thinking, I need to finish these before I die, you know. And yeah, you don't have to. You don't have to, no. yes. Unwritten songs not. are, it, I may not. <laughs> That's okay. Unwritten songs, they stay unwritten, but yeah. So do how you, do you, do you have them on paper? Do you have them recorded? How do you get back to them <laughs> without them being like... See, see all those yellow pads right there? <laughs> oh, see those notebooks and yellow pads? That looks intimidating. That's part of it. And then yeah. this box up here, notebooks, yeah. journals, it's there. Oh. It's on... Okay. Barf bags from airplanes. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh-oh. And envelope flaps and cocktail napkins. And right. now it's all voice memo. Plenty to pull from. Mm -hmm. And if, if somebody ever got a hold of my phone and listened to those, they'd think this guy, you know, needs to be institutionalized, <laughs> I think. Because I don't know. What about you? Do you have, do you write quickly or do you have songs that take years? Well, um, I, I try to finish them. I try to finish them. And, uh, and not take them too seriously. <laughs> that's one thing. That's right? a good. That's a good mm. tip right there. But Don't you know take what? What seriously. I did the other day was mm. I was trying to finish this one, and I was like, "Man, what, why can't I?" Be? And so I was just kind of, you know, like guitar players do. I was like, "Man, why can't I finish this song?" And then all of a sudden, I just started, you know, uh, I was like, hey, "That's cool." And then a, then a thought came, and I wrote another song, the whole thing, quickly. Yeah. And didn't finish the other song, mm -hmm. but it, within being frustrated and just kind of playing along on my guitar, it, the other one came. So, But I, I think it's like anything else. Sometimes you have a really good day, and then sometimes you have a flat tire. Some yeah. days you have a flat tire. Yeah. So, so I think you just got to keep pushing on. If another idea or song comes along, great. If you finish the song... Within an hour, and but you can't finish another one within a year. That's all right, it you is. know. Just just do it. The thing I think the thing that was best for me was I got to work at uh, Pride Publishing, not work there, but work with the songwriters there. But they clocked in, you know. <laughs> I, I I I would get there right what you know eight o'clock when they get there, but they would clock in and they would sit down, and it was for them to finish that song within that day. And so their, their way of doing it wasn't, oh man, I wish I could do, figure out that song from a year ago. No, it was like, do I want to get paid today? We're going to finish this song, you know? <laughs> and so, but what I, I've noticed it with them is they were so used to finishing it that it was like they were in shape. So maybe that's the thing. It's just kind of pushing yourself to always try to finish and you'll get in shape to where maybe... You, you'll get these things done. <laughs> Robin's sound like very a grandma. organized. I, I, I sound a, like a grandma, great. don't I? <laughs> no, that's a great word. That's a really good yeah. word. You know, finish it. Be, and and also, you, as you, you, whoever said, don't take it too seriously. I was, I was, we were doing this little songwriting workshop with some friends of mine, and and my friend Dave's daughter was there. Her name's Madison, and the last line we needed a last line, and she said, what she said. This this uh, this song is finished because it's just about right. Yeah. There it is. I try to think of something deep, you know, meaningful and, <laughs> or clever. <laughs> well, I, I was one of my songs uh, that I wrote with a guy by the name of Tony Harold in in uh, Nashville. We we spent all night trying to figure something out, and finally he said, "You know what? There's nothing to say that hadn't been said." Hmm. 
hmm, sounds familiar. There we go. Yeah. So that's the first line of the song that we did, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, yeah. I mean, you know, it's just you, simple, right? Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. one of her songs, is Simple. She's got a song called Simple, simple. that's just great. It is. Simple is, is good. And simple's <laughs> deceptively difficult to do sometimes, I think. Yeah. To make to simplify something, it's right. for me. It's easier to complicate something than it is to simplify it. For, I've been, you know, just with my writing, I tend to come across as clever too much. So I'm trying to scale that back because, because you know, clever is like a, it's kind of like Tabasco sauce. You got to know when to use it and when not to, and just be where it comes across more genuine than clever. Not hide behind it. Yeah, or hide behind it, or or whatever the case may be. So. Let's let's switch gears here. I know that you all have both traveled playing music. And just that in itself brings up a lot of stories. So do you have any do you have any fun road stories or or bizarre things that have happened on the way to a gig or at the gig on stage? Either stage stories or road stories. I'm sure. I'm quite sure Robin has many more road stories than I do. But one one springs to mind. Um, this great friend of ours, um, my husband, who's deceased. We we had a, a little gig handed to us by this wonderful young man, and I think we we're filling in for him. And it was I don't know 40, 50 miles south of Oklahoma City, and we're up there doing our American Songbook jazz thing, jazzing out, having feeling pretty good about it. And we get this note passed up. Larry opens it up at the keyboard. And he shows it to me. It says, this crowd likes country. Um. We're like, too late. Wrong place, <laughs> yeah. wrong time. Just got to finish yeah. it out. <laughs> we do both kinds of music here, country and western. Yeah, and we did neither one of those kinds. <laughs> but um, so it's, you know, there's those times of being in the wrong place in the wrong time. Yeah. And uh, right As far one. as you and I, though, I, I think we've been... We've done okay. We haven't had any weird... We haven't been very far yet. We haven't yeah. been anywhere, right? But we've been on stage together. Yeah. But uh, not to sound uh, disrespectful, but one uh, time Lee Norman, Lee Velasquez, mm-hmm. and I played at this little place, and uh, it was real dark, and uh, the Oklahoma, we didn't realize, it. no one was clapping, no, there was no sound. And they sent a note up to us too, but it was the Oklahoma uh, Deaf Society, and so uh, yeah, they hired a music. Group. They hired us, and the, but the manager didn't tell us, you know, which is oh, fine. Oh, okay. And they came up and they said, "We can feel your energy, and we can, you know." And oh, so we just played, you know, and everything. But it, Lee and I just kind of looked at each other. We had been through a lot because we were at a duo for a while, you know, and everything. But you know, it was cool. It was one of those things you just play for everyone, you know, you, you, everything. So yeah, I, I sang so well that night. <laughs> that is very cool. You got yeah. to do that. Yes. I was thinking of road stories the other day, and and it seems like I have my friend Dave. It, they always seem to happen when Dave Dolphin. If you're listening, it's you, buddy. But whenever he's traveling with me, is when weird stuff seems to happen. Just getting to gigs, <laughs> and so we were heading to Texas. So Dave and my guitar player, me, this is probably 20 years ago. This was before cell phones. I know that, however long that, that was. <laughs> I think we were driving past the town that you referenced. Okay. And we got in the van, and I, I forgot to get gas because we were listening to Roy D. Mercer. Do you remember Roy D. Mercer? The guy, uh, he, they would prank call into people, and he, you know, 
uh, these guys from a radio station in Tulsa. Okay. Well, anyways, it was hilarious. So he would prank call these people and get them all riled up, and you know, and then it was always <laughs> somebody's about to get an ass whooping, and is that kind of they get all everybody riled up. So, mm-hmm. so we were listening to Randy Mercer, and I forgot to get gas, uh-huh. and right, and so then the, we. The van started running out of gas, and I'm like, you know, doing the wheel back and forth just to get off the exit ramp. And it's kind of out in the middle of nowhere, and there's this farmhouse with all these pickup trucks around it. Well, I thought that, you know, and so exactly, yeah. And so I walked up to the farmhouse, and I grew up on a farm, so I don't think about this, but I also didn't count that I had real long hair all wazzed out. <laughs> so I walked in, and the converse, there are all these guys in there, and it was a pigeon racer, pigeon, homing pigeon club. Convention. Yeah. <laughs> of sorts. Different. So yeah. I had to talk to them and say, I just ran out of gas. And I need, and so the guy said, all right, I'll take you into town. But he wouldn't let me in the cab of his truck. He made me ride in the back of his truck. So oh, we're no. going to town. And my guys were, they were standing by the van. And they saw, they said, well, you went by and there's Matt in the back of the truck. And I didn't have a cell phone to call right, him. I right, just, right. No idea. And, what's... Yeah. And then, you know, an hour later, he comes back with gas. Oh. Jeez. That was yes. a. Did you make the gig? That's a visual. We made the well. It was the day before we were just driving, oh. so thankfully I, you know, we got there later. But it, it worked right. out. But I guess I'd never encountered a pigeon racer, <laughs> and humming never pigeon. One of you, evidently. They never, evidently, they did. And I was trying to tell them, guys, really, them the I, I grew up on a farm, but they, yeah, they weren't buying it. They weren't buying it. So <laughs> it's fun. So if you ever. <clears throat> We always think that, that being on stage and what you see on stage, that's the glamorous, fun part. <laughs> but just getting to the gig oftentimes is its own story in and of itself. Yeah, it takes a lot of work. I don't think people realize the work that goes before and after a, a job, you know. Mm-hmm. And, uh, right. Yeah. The, the dirty underbelly. <laughs> the dirty underbelly of the music business. <laughs> well, it's um, it has been... Awesome having y'all here. I've been oh, excited all week. Us. So thanks, thanks for being here. And Robin, I'm glad I finally got to meet yeah. you and hear you guys do your thing. Tell our people where they can find Middle Sister. All right, social media, Divya. All right. Divya. So, uh, we have a, a Facebook page, Middle Dash Sister Music. Don't forget the dash, Middle Dash Sister Music on Facebook. Um, and uh, tonight, we're actually at Will's uh, Lobby Cafe and Bar, Bar and Cafe. On Western. Yeah, so yeah. that'll 7 be o'clock fun. To, nine, to 9 o'clock tonight. 7 to 9 tonight yeah. at the Lobby Bar. Is that what it's called? Yeah, or, Will's, or Will's Lobby? Lobby Will? Bar. Okay. Yeah. All right. It's going to pop up. Yeah. Hey, Stuart. Hey. You guys got to see Stuart. We actually... Our behind-the-scenes guy. That's very rare. He's very he handsome. In front he's getting married, though, yeah. girl, so he he forget is. about it. We're going to be... We are booked at the Laurie Beachman Theater in New York. In May, May thirty, and we're hoping that we'll get there. And then Susan, she's she's going. <laughs> but uh, it's uh, May thirtieth. Tickets are a good price. Yeah. Right so now. if you know have any friends in uh, the New York area, uh, May thirtieth, uh, two o'clock at the Lori Beachman. And uh, so check so. out Middle Dash Sister on Facebook. Middle Dash Sister Music. Middle Dash Sister Music on Facebook. Check them out. Come and see them when they're playing live, or just book them to come play at your house. So how about you, you leave us with a song? Would you yeah. be so kind as to do that do for us? Ca- Delighted to. I do need my capo on this. Too bad I didn't uh, <clears throat> bring it over here. He's got one. Oh, you just you. clip it down like that and yeah. tighten it up. Number two. All right. Thanks, Matt. Well, you are prepared for anything. His is so cute, isn't it? 
let's loosen it up a smidge here. This cake goes awesome because it's smaller. Like this. Yeah. Is that about That's right, perfect. right there? Let's yes. tighten it up and get it brittle. So this is a song called Carry You. Is that good? Check it out and make sure it sounds no buzzes or anything. Is it all good? Sounds great. Thank you. Yeah. <clears throat> Carry You.
That's awesome. I love Thank that you. one. Y'all sound great together. Thanks. Thanks for being here, middle sister, with us. And I love that you worked the word equilibrium into a song. <laughs> That's awesome. Forewarned, be forewarned. Be forewarned. That's right. <laughs> Thanks, That's, Matt. Thanks for having us. What a delightful um, yeah. um, project you're doing here. Thanks, Miss Susan. Yeah, yeah. Great name, too, the music yeah. room. That's, that's what it is. Yeah. So let your friends know. Let your enemies know about the music room. Come back and see us again real soon. Have a great day, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.